Today is Wednesday, January 11th. The title for our devotional is The Lamb of God. Yesterday we looked at the Passover that the Israelites were celebrating when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. That's the meal he's sharing with his disciples when he institutes the Lord's Supper. Let's read again a portion of the Passover text from Exodus 12. Exodus 12, 5-7 and 13 say, The animals you choose must be a year old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the fourteenth day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. The blood of the lamb at the Passover was the means God provided for the people of Israel to be delivered from the angel of death and the the punishment and the destruction that he brought on the people of Egypt. At the Last Supper, Jesus is setting himself up as the ultimate fulfillment of the Passover lamb. Luke makes this theme evidently clear in his gospel. In Luke 22, verse 7, it says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. That was also the day in which Jesus would be sacrificed. In chapter 22, verses 14 to 16, we read, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again, this is, this is the part to notice, until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Interestingly, there's no mention of the lamb as a part of their Passover meal. It may have been there, but the gospel writers didn't mention it for theological significance, again pointing to Jesus being the Passover lamb, the fulfillment of the original Passover, but Passover was originally pointing to. It's also possible that it wasn't there at this at this juncture. John's Gospel puts the Last Supper on the day before the festival began. Uh, I won't get into the difficulties with this timing, but it's pretty easily reconcilable. So it's likely that the lambs had not been slaughtered yet in the temple. That's possible. Jesus, knowing what is awaiting him, doesn't have another day to wait. He knows that he will be arrested tonight and unable to celebrate the feast with the rest of Jerusalem. The symbolism here is obvious, but no less astonishing. Jesus himself replaces the Passover lamb in the meal. The Passover lamb and the lambs of the sacrificial system were never sufficient to cover the sins of God's people. They always pointed ahead to the once and for all perfect sacrifice of Christ. So the law and the Passover foreshadow Christ's atoning death and sacrifice. Hebrews 10, 11 to 14 says this explicitly. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, referring to Jesus, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Therefore, in this background of the Passover celebration, we find so much deeper meaning in Jesus' words. In Luke 22:19 19-20, we read, And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Christ is the Lamb of God, as John the Baptist says in John 1:29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin 
of the world. So here, Christ has fulfilled the old Mosaic covenant, and he has established a new covenant with his people. In this new covenant, righteousness is attained not by works of the law and adhering to the law, but by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ, as Galatians 2, 15-3.14 say. As the people of Israel ate the Passover meal to remember their deliverance from slavery in Egypt, so we partake of the Lord's Supper to remember our deliverance from our sin through Christ Jesus. And it's all through his body and his blood. In the podcast, I've linked you to below in additional content. Tim Mackey notes that Jesus doesn't give us much of a theological explanation of his death. He never really sits the disciples down prior to his death and explains exactly the theological significance of his death and resurrection. He, of course, hints at it when he says that he will give his life as a ransom for many, but he doesn't give a thorough lecture on it. He explains it more on the road to Emmaus, but this is after his resurrection, and we don't have all the details of that. Instead, what he does is he gives them here a chance to participate in the meaning of it. He didn't need to explain it. They all understood the symbols before them at the Passover meal. And even though they may have missed it in the moment, later in reflection, they understood exactly what Jesus was doing here. They did this every year. Like the Passover gave each generation of Jews a chance to participate in the Exodus story. So what Jesus is doing is setting up the Lord's Supper as a chance for his disciples for all generations to participate in his story of redemption. For additional content, I've linked you to that Bible Project podcast in which Tim Mackey goes over the Passover meal. It's fascinating and it will really deepen and enrich your understanding, not only of the Passover, but of communion. Reflection time, Jesus is our Passover lamb who has redeemed us from our sin. Just spend some time praising him and thanking him for his sacrifice on your behalf.